Welcome to Crypto Talk Radio, the podcast for everyday investors like you. Visit us on the web at CryptoTalkRadio.net. And now, here's your host, Leister. Thank you for that, Bailey, and welcome everybody out there in Crypto Talk Radio found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. Sure took a while, didn't it? It took a while, but I think we're right about that point, folks. Some personal updates, we're going to get right into it after I brief you, bring you up to date. CTR, parent brand of CryptoTalkRadio.net, recently has launched our own video service called Convivo. I will provide more data around Convivo for those that may be interested at some point in a later future. For right now, suffice to say, whenever we decide to do video, it's going to be hosted on Convivo, not on YouTube. We have stopped doing YouTube. If you're listening to this and you were on the YouTube side, we stopped doing YouTube because YouTube is accessible. YouTube stops your ability to use ad blockers if you choose to. YouTube wants to force ads on video where we don't get any money off of it. YouTube discriminates against smaller creators. YouTube discriminates against certain other types of creators based on their race or creed or color, and I won't go any further than this. YouTube tends to lean towards the loudest of the creators, not necessarily the most accurate or the most sensible or the most conservative of creators. There are creators out there that are quality creators that get ignored by YouTube. As a result, we chose not to continue giving them business off of our back, off of our hard work. And again, we are a podcaster. We're not YouTube. So just if you didn't know and you're listening out to the fact, I'm letting you know that we don't do YouTube updates. That's why. Our information is on BitChute and Odyssey and Rumble. However, Odyssey has some issues with their Libri token, which unfortunately is still up in the air. BitChute's fine, but they won't allow us to do higher quality. So once we get the video back on, which I'm close to, the actual video, you know, I'm close to that. It's 480p. Like, that's not acceptable. I, I understand the thought, okay, everybody's on the phone, deep, deep, deep. Not everybody's on the phone, and even if they are, you still deserve higher quality in 480p. Sorry, it's not acceptable. Rumble's good, but Rumble's trying to be YouTube ghetto, which ain't working for us, brother. And so I had the idea, you know, I'll just create my own damn video service, which is what I did. I spun up my own video service, my own video hosting. So it's my own service, my own storage, my own everything. And I'll be building out the front end. But for right now, essentially, it'll just have links to the video content that I can provide. But if you're subscribed on the podcast, it'll be just like you have today. Long term, there may be more to this. We may be able to do a little bit more with it. But right now, it's just so I have control over the whole aspect. Because sometimes there will be the opportunity for video, and I don't want to enrich Twitter, X, or YouTube, right? Or even Facebook, uh, Twitch, for those that came from Twitch. And I apologize if you notice that the Twitch is down. The reason is because Twitch kills your account if you don't stream, which is crap. Like, I have accounts on services I've had for like five years I've logged into, they leave the account open. They just give me a warning every now and then just make sure I log in. They don't just kill it without warning. Twitch just kills you without warning. So I was like, screw you, I think it'll work. So that's my personal on that with CTR and Convivo, which I'm very excited about. I'm also working on the radio side and working on the giveaway that we're going to do. And we're going to do that on the video side and on the radio side, as well as the podcast. So everybody will be able to participate in that one. Very exciting stuff happening down the road. Meanwhile, there was some not-so-exciting stuff that happened in cryptocurrency. Let's go ahead and chat about it. And I'm, I'm going to focus on one in particular that I thought was just absolute nonsense. It was hilarious nonsense, but still nonsense. 
I've got a mysterious headache, so let's go ahead and crash course to this. It probably won't take too long, but there are a couple of topics I do want to get through uh, until the headache really overwhelms me. Let's start with Coindesk.com. We're going to start with Bitcoin today. We zoom out to the month chart, and what do we see? We see an upward trend, a strong upward trend. Green headed in the upward direction, more green than red. I would argue that we are very close. I'm not yet in, but very close to a true bull run. I would argue that as of December, we may very well see something very exciting happen with our graphs. And some of this is going to be buy the rumor, sell the new stuff. Some of this is going to be FOMO stuff. Point is, there's always profit opportunity with all this stuff. So if you are watching graphs, and I don't recommend you stare at them, but every now and then, you may notice that there's going to be some strong run up. A couple of other things came out as well that I'm going to talk about that were contributing to this, but I'm giving my message from my sentiment lens, which is different than everybody else I know. I feel we're very close now, finally, to a bull run. And I think that December is going to show us something. There's always the opportunity that some idiot kills the business, but I don't think it's going to last too long. At least that's my hope anyway. So Bitcoin looks great, ladies and gentlemen. Ethereum looks good, but not nearly as good as, as Bitcoin does. Ethereum's in the green. There's more green than red, but it doesn't have the same strong upward signal that we see on the Bitcoin side. Bitcoin looks powerful right now. Ethereum looks like it's getting there. And I suspect that some FOMO is going to kick in and Ethereum's going to go on somewhat of a run. I also think that if they make some traction on the whole sharding and everything else for Ethereum, that we may see some good run up. But right now, Ethereum just doesn't look as good as I expected to. Hopefully that changes over the next couple of months. The long term, though, is really where I want to focus, especially when talking about Bitcoin. When people keep talking about the halving, you've heard about the halving, right? And the fact that less is going to be available for the miners. So scarcity starts to become more of a thing. It'll be harder to mine it over time. Less gets distributed. As a result, there's an expectation of a significant price jump. This happens roughly every four years. It's part of the code. And so there's an expectation we're due now for another run-up. And if you were around in cryptocurrency somewhere around late, I say mid 2020 ish, and then throughout 2021, largely, you saw some pretty amazing prices. You saw some pretty outrageous prices at points. I mean, I think it was an unsustainable and I said, it's an outlier. I don't know that we get that much of a strong run up. The expectation is that we do at least on Bitcoin, but overall across all cryptocurrency, I'm not sure it'll be that, that strong because there were some other mitigating factors as to, the level of strength that we saw, certain large players that were influencing and manipulating the market, let's be honest, and we don't know that that's going to happen again. What we do know is that Bitcoin certainly looks like it's primed and ready to go on another run, and I would stress to you once again, and you've heard me if you heard me for a while, and if you're new, you're hearing for the first time, and by the way, welcome. The truth is this, please do not, it goes to my message later, please do not YOLO or FOMO into anything. Don't chase green Candles. If anything you're going to do, treat everything when it's red as a discount. Treat everything as it's green as possibly overpriced. It's a psychological trick. People tend to do the opposite. I actually talked to somebody on CoinMarketCap who said, oh, so now we're supposed to actually buy on the red. And I'm like, you're, you're actually supposed to do that normally, not buy on the green. That doesn't make any sense. You're just going to get wrecked over and over. Some people may not know what I mean, especially if you're newer. YOLO stands for you only live once. It basically is like, I'm just going to go all in and throw all my money at something. Just, you know, whatever. And just, it's gambling, right? It's gambling in the finest sense of a word. FOMO is fear of missing out. It's the idea that I see something 
and I'm reacting, psychologically reacting, because I'm afraid I'm going to miss a profit opportunity. That's what those two refer to. And it, it applies on the green, it applies on the red, right? If it's green, when you YOLO off a of green, you're basically throwing all your money at the green, hoping it goes even further up. And what tends to happen? Usually that run-up stops the moment you buy in. Y'all know you notice that, don't lie. FOMO on the green means, okay, it's going green. I better get in before it craps. And then it ends up crapping anyway. And you're frustrated because you lose money. When it happens on the red then, like YOLO on the red means I'm going to buy all in because it's a steep discount and I expect it's going to rebound and come back up. Gambling, right? FOMO off the red is it's going down and I'm afraid I'm going to lose all my money. So I'm going to dump out of this business. That's really what we're talking about here. I was talking to somebody online. They sent a post on Vex, and they said something to the effect of, you know, I with what I'm going to talk about here later, you know, I basically lost all of it. I'm done. I, I got kids. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I'm, I'm sorry, but I have a lack of sensitivity for this because I repeatedly say, and I know that there are people out there that simply don't listen to CryptoTalkRadio.net and Folks, please spread the word. You, I'm, I know, especially if you've been listening to me for a while, you know that I'm level-headed. You know I'm common sense, and I've probably helped you avoid some scams that are out there. And I've hopefully, hopefully helped you realize it's all a gamble. It's all gambling, and I've tried to keep you safe because that's what I try to do. And I don't push you into garbage because that's why, you know. So hopefully you're spreading the word to people to say, you really need to listen to this guy and not those YouTubers who are telling you to the moon, doop, 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 because this person... When they said this, I was, I'm sorry, in my mind, it's like, come on. And I even said, I quote tweeted, and I said, don't YOLO, don't FOMO, take your mother, father, and profits, right? Because when I'm not, I've never said don't buy into something. I've never said to avoid it. I did say sometimes I won't do it. I've never told you what to do because I can't tell you to do with your money. I am saying that don't YOLO into stuff, as in don't throw every last dime you got at something. That doesn't make any damn sense. Make sure your family's taken care of. There's a roof over your head. There's food on your table. People are healthy. Your car is running, whatever. Take care of your essentials. That may mean you can only toss 20 bucks at something every two weeks. That's fine. Don't worry about trying to be a millionaire overnight, because let's say you do put 20 bucks at something. And at 10Xs, that's $200, okay? That's $180 you didn't have before that. And you got your 20 back. Be okay and satisfied with small wins that accumulate into larger wins over time if you choose to do that. All I'm saying is don't throw every last waking dollar you have at something where you're going to be wrecked off it because it doesn't make any sense to do that. I'm stressing that to those listening and hopefully again, if you listen for a long time, my message has been consistent. I'm not like those YouTubers that tell you to get in these garbage scam tokens out there or the ones that tell you bye-bye right now, deep, 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 because no, they shouldn't because that's financial advice. Even still, I don't want you to be wrecked. I don't want you to be trashed. I don't want you to be harmed. I don't want you to be broke. I don't want you to be hungry. I don't want your people to be sick. I want you to take care of yourself first because it's not worth throwing all your stuff at these projects. Well, this came because of what happened recently with Luna Classic. That's the by and large of what I want to talk about today because it was so it was so obvious and so troubling and so frustrating. I felt it deserved a topic today. It deserved taking the time to talk about it. I I lined up all sorts of other stuff to talk about. None of the rest of it's worth of it worth it compared to this business here. So if you didn't follow it, here's what happened. 
Luna Classic, right? The Luna Classic ecosystem craft because of Doe Rug Pole, aka Doe Quan. He's been arrested. Montenegro, he's got he's been shady business, right? But Luna Classic, way back, they were trying to recover this business and they had spawned off to a new one. And I said it's all hopium, manager hopium, it's unlikely, highly improbable, et cetera, and so on. Recently, news came out, and what ultimately happened is that there were multiple layers of news that were not connected, although the timing of their release made it seem like they were connected. That's really what happened. For the most part, this affected international shores. International traders took this news as timed together as evidence that these were all working together and they were collaborative things when the truth is they were all separate things. It all started with the labs, the Luna Classic Labs and an investment into a treasury that was always there, but it was designed to be a first step towards stabilization of the assets for Luna Classic, USTC, et cetera. Secondary to this, completely unrelated, an organization spins up called Mint Cash. Mint Cash, just to give a summary, because I haven't talked to them, they won't talk to me, that's cool. Just to give a summary, one of the people behind this Mint Cash apparently was somehow associated with the Luna Classic USTC and Terraform Labs and was frustrated at the failures with Luna Classic and USTC, spun up the Mint Cash, offered to do an airdrop to anybody who is holding USTC or Luna Classic prior to the big failure. So basically if you, when it failed, if you were still holding on to it, you didn't sell out, they were gonna do an airdrop to those people, try to make them whole of this new token. This new token was going to be completely unrelated to USTC and Luna Classic, but apparently they were also going to be building dApps on the Luna Classic blockchain so that they could show, here's how we should do it. Here's how the stablecoin can work. Here's how, and it's backed by Bitcoin and all these things that were part of a document that was put out by Doe Rugpull way back at the onset of USTC that described how you can back a stablecoin with true assets as opposed to algorithmic. There's more to that story. I wanted to give you the breakdown of Mint Cash the, the timing of Mint Cash doing this announcement, the timing of this major deposit to the funds, as well as other factors I'll get to in a second, caused a major pump on the USTC side. USTC and Luna Classic are still, they're still connected. So the price movement of one affects the other because Luna Classic largely, the activity and the burn and everything else influences USTC and vice versa. There's a symbiotic relationship to the two. On the side, Binance, as in the large exchange, Binance.com, announces that they're going to do futures trading for USTC with a 50X. A 50X is a strong bullish, and it's an opportunity for anybody who's strong bullish about it. So that's the timing, again, is all ironic of this mint cash business and this large funds investment and this Binance announcement with futures and everything else. Together, people get it in their mind, and the run-up, People get in their mind that this is a repegging. This is these are strategically done to repeg USTC to the dollar, which would then cure Luna Classic and cause a run-up because Luna Classic at one point was in the hundreds of dollars when it was Luna. So FOMO then kicks in. So you already had price moving up to like the four cents, five cents number. FOMO kicks in, the volume starts going nuts. We're talking $1.5 billion worth of volume. 
roughly 300% over the market cap. Significant amounts of volume start pumping into both Luna Classic and USTC at the same time. Coverage started spiking across the board, across YouTube, that this is the repeg. We're here now. We're going to heal this thing. We're going to get somewhere. And this was made worse by a proposal that was put out on the terror station that talked about a repeg strategy around fees, spread fees, and burning them to help the repeg efforts. And what I'm saying is, is that the timing of all these different events, the mint cash situation, the infusion of funds from Luna Classic, the Binance 50X business, everything, all of this, and the proposal, all of this together just so happened to hit roughly around the same time span where people took it as a strategic thing to help repeg when the truth is there was no repegging that was happening. USTC's peg was still lost. What was happening was simply a FOMO run bolstered by this Binance business because I would argue 80% of the volume came from Binance. So when they did the 50X, that created significant volume, but it was never going to be sustainable because at some point, those people that were run up, they were going to take that profit out. You went from a penny roughly to about seven cents, 77, you know, so that's seven X. Those people are going to sell and there's only so much money in the pot. So no matter what, it was going to go down and it went down hard. Now it's hovering about, I think three cents, four cents, four and a half. It's not bad. It's not like it went up all the way back down to one. It's still kind of hovering there, but I make the analogy about you trying to push something up a hill. There's so much that dirt that's being piled back on to make the hill more and more steep that it doesn't matter how strong you are. At some point, gravity is going to overwhelm you. That's why we have USTC. And I want to clarify, there was not a repegging happening here. This was all about FOMO run. This was all about people that were interpreting what was happening as something that it was not. It was not a strategic something. It was never going to be a strategic something. Could there be something in the future? Sure. But right now, it was really just FOMO around a transaction that had nothing to do with the whole big picture. As then later, the Terraform Labs people came out and said, we are not aligned with this mint cash. The crash was not directly caused by that announcement, although it didn't help matters. The crash was caused by a couple of different things. The Binance, because unfortunately, essentially, people are gambling and shorting the token back down. That's one. Two, you have sell pressure. Three, you have the announcement. And then four, the YouTubers telling you that that did tell you this is a peg. We're going to the moon. Doop, 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 and then it turns out it doesn't when it dumps. Now they lose credibility and everything goes to shot. Meanwhile, if you were to look, and I emphasize this, if you're not a longtime listener, this is something I do. And you may or may not hear others do it, but you will hear me do it, which is always pay attention to the total market cap across all cryptocurrency. Almost all of the major graphing sites will show you the total market cap somewhere at the top of the screen, whether that's tradingview.com or dextools.io or any of them, they almost all to a T coin market cap, they'll show you total market cap at the top during this whole pump period. We fluctuated between $1.44 trillion and $1.41 trillion. At no point did the number go past $1.44 trillion. Do you know what that means? That means that people that were buying into USTC off the FOMO run and Luna Classic off the FOMO run were largely gutting other projects. So you saw everything else go into a field of red when this pump happens. 
But because there was no new money flowing into cryptocurrency, it meant it could only go so far. There's only so much money that's in cryptocurrency, and we didn't lose a lot. But because we lost some out of the total market cap, those are people that were selling out. That meant that the sell pressure was never alleviated, and no matter what, we were going back down. When people say, and I saw people say it, when people say, this is the repay, they misled you because they expected, and it might be that they assumed that it was, I don't think they should have spoken in absolutes because there was no evidence that it was a repeg and it didn't make sense to call it a repeg because the velocity didn't make sense for a repeg. The repeg velocity would look completely different than a straight up candle. A straight up candle usually indicates significant buys and the volume seemed to correlate that. If we had a repeg, we wouldn't see significant volume to the degree that we did at 300%. That wouldn't make any sense. There's certainly the FOMO aspect, but there's always, I've said, sell behavior, buy behavior, there's there's disruption. You're going to see it trend at an angle upward, 45 degrees or some odd, not straight up in a line. That doesn't make sense. So in summary, what we saw here with this business was simply people that were misinterpreting all of these different signals and taking them as symptomatic of something that it really was not. And hopefully... Unfortunately, I saw people that they had YOLO'd into it and I had to chastise them because I don't like seeing that happen to people. But hopefully, you were not harmed by what happened. Hopefully, you looked at what happened as this, there's no way this sustains. If we're going to see a run up on USTC, Terra Luna Classic, or anything else, we're, you can't have a run up here and Bitcoin is going red for whatever reason. It doesn't make sense. It's not logical. But secondary, it's not natural for something to just go straight up in a line that can't sustain. At some point, it's going to come back down. And depending on how fast it went up, will govern largely how fast it goes back down. Doesn't mean you can't take profit off of the run-up, but you got to be really studious and diligent about the timing of when you dial in to take that profit because it's hard to anticipate it. You can't know, especially because if they're triggered from international, let's say it happens at 1 a.m. your time zone, you may not know you're dead asleep. And by the time you do wake up, now you're FOMO. Oh, crap, it's five cents. It used to be one cent. Somebody get it right now. Deep, deep, deep. Well, if you had done that, you only would have gone up two cents. Well, that's that's nothing, right? So just be smart about it. Now, if you're in a central exchange, and hopefully you're not, but if you are, you can do a stop loss. You can do orders, market orders, limit orders. You can do different types of orders in order to try to finagle it so you don't have to monitor it. And that's fine if you choose to do that, but then you take the risk that the exchange gets shut down or they block access or do some sketchy business, as we've seen with so many exchanges. Risk is all over the place, ladies and gentlemen. It's all over the place. And all I've ever said is make sure you be careful and don't throw every bit of money you have at this stuff because it is a gamble. It always has been. It's always going to be because that's what we made it. And I don't like to see people get harmed by silliness like this that we saw. Do I think it was malicious? No. I think it was simply... People got an opportunity. They saw a little bit of a run-up opportunity and decided to go with it, and it turned into a pump and dump, not because they were trying to influence other than their own pocketbooks. It's not like they're trying to wreck you. They were trying to fatten their pockets. Now, all of that said, it is possible that that turns into another AMC situation. If you don't know the backstory of AMC, I'm not going to bore you, but suffice to say AMC was teetering on the verge of bankruptcy when a bunch of rich people otherwise termed Wall Street bets, 
decided to dump a, a large amount of their wealth into the stock of AMC, largely because they saw it as an opportunity for to influence the shorts and basically wreck the shorts so that they could profit off of it. And as a result, AMC ran up. To the point, AMC themselves was grateful because they were struggling and decided to offer, I think they said, free popcorn to everybody who did this, which was stupid only to turn around and be just as incompetent as what got them bankruptcy in the first place and started struggling again because they refused to do what they needed to do, which is during the pandemic when we were locked down, they could have spun up drive-in theaters, and I guarantee you they'd have made a mint. I digress. The point is, when we have these opportunities, and when I say we, I'm talking traders, investors, whatever, when we have these opportunities for quick profit, it is tempting. And I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't take them, I'm suggesting that you're careful when you do. Be smart about it. Don't YOLO into the shit because it doesn't make any sense. You've got to be smart about it. Make sure that you take care of your own people first. Never put enough money in something where you're stressed about it. That's the easy way to know about it. If you're stressed about it, if you're really worried about it, I have money and stuff. I don't even think about it. It's actually stuck in a Trezor hardware wallet off the side that I don't think about because that's the psychological trick. Even the graphing sites want you to worry about your bag. You have to train yourself not to put more money than you can afford to lose and not to put money that you care about. It should be to the point that you don't care if you lose it. It's whatever. It's throwaway money. And I know throwaway money is hard for people to get these days because especially in the United States, our employers don't want to pay people what they're worth. I get it. That's why you have to be very studious and diligent about when you do it. Not, I, I get it, you want a better life to get away from those sketchy employers. But at that point, you might as well buy lottery tickets. You might as well go to the casino because that's really what we're talking about there. Just be smart and be safe. And, and this is a learning opportunity for everybody. We are on the precipice here. We're close to a run-up. And I do believe that we are truly close to a bull run this time. But hopefully people are smarter about when they do, what they do, and how much they do not to YOLO because I don't want to see things like suicidal people or whatever. It's, it is tempting and you got to fight that temptation for your own safety and that for your family too. 